Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. It's not you, it's me. Good morning. Hey, I have the... um I have the privilege this morning of, of continuing a, a, the series that we're calling um, It's Not You, It's Me. And it's a relationship series that, uh, that Ben, the youth pastor from Middle Ridge, kicked off last week. And um, I'm excited about this series because I really believe that, um, that what's going to be shared over the next few weeks, we're going to do things a little bit different. And uh, I really believe that it's going to help all of your relationships, some of the things that we're going to look at the scriptures and what the scriptures say. But I want to start by asking a question, as I often do. Can you think of a time that you were grateful that you had someone that was there for you? And Kaz shared a story about um, a season in our life. We were just so grateful we had people that stood shoulder to shoulder with us. Maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe even someone you didn't really know that well. But there was a time in your life where somebody stood there for you. They were in your corner. They were celebrating with you. Or maybe it was during a tough time and they, they carried the load with you. They st- stood shoulder to shoulder. Maybe you can remember a time that you were able to be that for someone else. As I said, today, I want to go a little deeper into that, and we've got a lot to cover. I just, as in preparation, I felt like God was dropping so much in around the, around the concept of being and having deep-spirited friendships. Yeah. What does it look like to have deep-spirited friendships? If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to open up to Philippians chapter 2, and this is the, the core text that I'm going to, going to unpack today around this whole concept of deep-spirited friendships. I'm going to read from a, do something a little different. I'm going to read from a a paraphrased version, the message, which is a paraphrased version of uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles with you, you've always got, there's a great app, a Bible app on uh, on your phones or your iPads, or we help you out too. We put it on the screen there, but uh, there is that. There's also, in that um, Bible app that, that you can download, if you go into events, you can actually follow on. I don't know if you know this, but we upload uh, points to our messages on this Bible app. And if you have a look at it, you look up Highlands Highfields, you'll see some of the points that I'm going to cover this morning. Don't run ahead. You'll notice there's a lot there. We've got a lot to get through, so let me, let me jump straight into it. This is what um, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi. He says, If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favour. Agree with each other. Love each other. Then he says, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Let me just pray. Father, I just pray that as we un- un- uh, unpack this concept of being and having deep-spirited friends... I pray, Lord, that not only would you show us the principles that you're calling us to live by, but you would, you would show us people. You would, you would show us those people that you are calling us to do life with. In Jesus' name. So, what does it mean to be a deep-spirited friend? What does it mean to have deep-spirited friendships? 
if you look at other versions of, of Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 2, the, the Good News version says, being of one soul and one mind. The New Living Translation says, working together with one mind and one purpose. Another version says, it's as if you're one person in the way that you do friendship. I wonder if that's how your friendships look, or sometimes your friendships look a little bit different to that. As I, as I thought about this, I thought, well, what does that look like practically? And it reminded me back in the Old Testament when, uh, when Moses was leading the, uh, the Israelites out of slavery and towards the promised land, through, out of Egypt and through the wilderness and towards where God was calling him to be. There was another army called the Amalekite army and they were trying to attack the Israelites. And so Moses commanded one of his, one of his warriors, Joshua, who was also a friend, to choose a group of men and to go out and to fight the army of the Amalekites. I don't know if you, you know the story, but it's a powerful story about deep-spirited friendship. And you say, well, hang on, he, he sent one of his mates out to war. Well, that's true. And he went and he trusted his leader and he trusted his God. But that's not the point I want to make. I want to read from Exodus chapter 17 and verse 10. Let's look at what two of Moses' deep-spirited friends does in the midst of of the war that's going on. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of, the, of, of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. They climbed up to watch over what was going on. And as long as Moses held the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites took the advantage. So there's the war going on. And as, as Moses stood in representing the Israelites and, and, and held that staff up high, the Israelites won. But as soon as he brought the, the staff down, the enemy started to win. Moses' arms soon became tired. He could no longer hold them up. So get this. So Aaron and Hur found him a stone to sit on. So straight away, Aaron and Hur saw what was going on and said, how can we help our friend? And so they find him a seat. They say, well, here's a seat for you to sit on to make you more comfortable as you go through this tough time. Then they stood each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steadily until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the Amalekite army in battle. Aaron and Hur found a seat. Aaron and Hur lifted his arms in support and in love. See, practically, that's what deep-spirited friends do. They don't see an issue and see a problem and go, well, I wonder how he's going to cope with this. They come alongside and say, how can we walk through this with you? How can we support you? What can we do to be shoulder and shoulder with you in the midst of this? So here's a question for you. In life, whose arms are you holding up? Who are the people in your world where you know and they know that you're there for them? You're there to, to make it more comfortable or to, to hold their arms up in those tough times, to be shoulder to shoulder with them. Who are you with during challenging times and who could you say would be with you in those times? Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help in times of need. See, deep-spirited friendship is not an associate friendship. It's not a, a, an association where, oh, I'm a friend, and we've got lots of friends, but we kind of don't know a lot. We're not really in their world. We don't really know what's going on in their world. We might think about it a bit. We might catch up occasionally. And they're good friends. There's nothing wrong with those friendships. Those friendships are important. 
But I think God is calling us to also have deep-spirited friendships. You know, God continually in the scriptures talks about that you and I are created for community. And that just doesn't mean that we come to church on a Sunday and we gather together. It means God wants us to do life together. And I'm not just talking about marriages now. We'll talk about marriages in the next couple of weeks. And we'll also talk about singleness in the next couple of weeks. But what I want to say to you is, when we talk about doing life together, we're created to not be out on our own. We're created to do life together. And I was fortunate that I, I got, this got sewn into my life many years ago. For the last 20 years, I've made it a habit to meet with a couple of other guys, usually weekly, and we sit down for a coffee or maybe for breakfast, and we share life together. What do you mean by that, Murray? What do you mean you share life together? Well, we sit down for about an hour, and we do a coffee, have a coffee or we have recce, and we ask each other the hard questions of life. We do life together. We celebrate the wins. I remember one time a few years ago, one of my mates bought himself a new car and he'd never had a new car before. And rather than me looking and going, oh, I wish I had a new car. Look at his car. Rather than me, that, I was like, and I genuinely was so happy for him because I knew he'd never had one. I knew he'd been saving up that I think I celebrated more than he did. And God, oh, can we go for a drive? And took me out for a drive and it was amazing. So it's celebrating the good things, but it's also asking the hard questions. The three of us would sit around a coffee and we'd say, how's your marriage going? And we wouldn't accept, yeah, good. Move on to the next question. Hey, when was the last time? They would ask me, when was the last time you took Kaz out for a date? Why were they asking that? Not because they were busybodies, because they really wanted to see my life flourish and they wanted to see my marriage flourish. They care deeply about me. Questions like, what sort of daddy have you been this week, Murray? And they wouldn't let fly with, the, oh, you're good. Tell me a bit about what that looks like. Not because they wanted to judge, We'd ask questions like, hey, is there anything you're struggling with this week that we, we can just be praying about? Again, not because they wanted the goss, but because they genuinely cared and wanted to pray for me moving forward. We celebrated successes. We mourned the sad times. We did life together. We gave each other permission. We gave each other permission to ask the hard questions. Deep-spirited friends give each other permission to ask the hard questions. And we don't get upset when they ask. And we don't try and fob it off. Who are they in your world? Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I love in that passage, that, that our core text, Paul writes about this deep spirit of friendship, but he talked about it being a two-way encouragement. You see, I didn't go into those breakfasts, into those coffees with, I'm the pastor, and so I'm here to lead. We, we sat as equals. We sat as equals. One of the guys... Um, what were they what, at that stage? Well, the, when we first started 20 years ago, one of the guys was an accountant and the other guy had his own business and we sat in a place of equality. It wasn't like I'm the pastor asking and checking up on you. It was we together doing life, doing life together. Romans 1.12 says, When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. Who's in your world that encourages you in your faith journey and you get encouraged by in theirs? Who grabs a seat for you? Who lifts your arms in those tough times, in those challenging times? So let's look at the word deep-spirited or words, deep-spirited. We all kind of get a bit of an idea of friendship. What's deep-spirited mean, Murray? What, what, what would Paul be talking about there? So let's talk about deep. Let me give you an understanding of what I think deep means. I remember years ago when we were living in Melbourne, 
we went on a family holiday uh, with our young girls at that stage and uh, we came up and we went up far north Queensland. And I remember this one day we went out on a boat and um, we were sitting on the boat. It was tranquil, it was sort of clear. The surface was flat. It was just beautiful and peaceful. No one around us. Just beautiful. And, and we had snorkels and goggles in, in, the, in the boat and we decided we're going to get out and have a look. And so we're looking at this, this, the surface and it was just beautiful and peaceful. And then we dove in and we went under the surface and it was like another world came alive. The colour and the fish and the coral. There's a whole new world down there. Down deep, down below the surface where we all live. Once we go deep, there is a whole new world. A way of doing life, a way of life truly coming alive. A way for us to celebrate, a way for us to learn, a way for us to grow when we're prepared to go deep. And I think when we talk about deep-spirited friendship, God's saying it's okay to have some surface-level friendships. We don't have everyone. We don't need, need to go deep with everyone. We don't. But I think God's saying he wants us to have those deep spirited friendships where we do go deep, where there is a level of trust. Spirited. What does spirited mean? Well, deep spirited friendships means God at the centre. So I would say there will be other people who have a faith in Jesus, other people who trust Jesus, other people who are Holy Spirit led, other people who, who are into this soul exchange that goes on this way as well as this way. Other people who may discern for you, would you pray for me? I'm going through this tough thing and they're seeking God on your behalf. Deep-spirited friendships are those who have a, a like-mindedness in their faith. They might be in the same place in their journey, but they're, they're Christians. They follow Jesus. They seek the truth. They're faithful and they're prayerful. Not perfect, but faithful and prayerful. See, I believe this deep-spirited friendship idea is not just a nice idea. I actually believe it's a godly way of living. See, our, our horizontal relationships, our relationships with one another, Jesus says, are just as important as the vertical relationship. Now, that's powerful. So what he's saying is your, the vertical relationship, the relationship you have with God, which we know is so important, but he's also saying this relationship's just as important, the horizontal. Think about it. Break it down. Guy went to Jesus. Breaking it down. What, what's, what's the essence of what this whole life is all about? And he says two things. He says, love God, love people. Some of us get this pretty good and we struggle here. Some of us get this pretty good and we struggle here. God says when, when you have a deep friendship with Jesus and a deep friendship with some people in your world, watch your life come alive. So, as I said, I had a lot to get through. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to punch out as many as I can in the time that's remaining about what does it mean? How do I become a deep-spirited friend? What am I looking for? What are the important values to have in a deep-spirited friendship? And they're going to be short and sharp and hopefully just the way that I put them together, you'll remember at least a couple of these as we go along. You ready? Good. One of us is ready. Steve's ready. All right, Steve. You ready? <laughs> First one is to have a soft heart. If you want to be a deep-spirited friend, you need to have a soft heart. What do I mean? It means we need to be humble. It means we need to be teachable. If I'm going to catch up with Steve and we're going to build this friendship, and it builds over time, we don't just go, right, deep-spirited friends, Steve, here we go, let's jump in. So we take time, you get to know one another. But I need to come with a soft heart that says, I'm going to come with humility. Steve's going to come with humility. We're going, to, we're going to go through this together. We're going to be teachable. We're going to be prepared to learn from each other and see God in the middle of it all. First Peter says, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Romans 12 says, live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important. 
but enjoy the company of ordinary people. You and I are ordinary people, mate, so that works. And don't think that you know it all. Come with a heart of humility. Be ready with that soft heart to apologize, to be honest, to be ready to support. Colossians 3.12 says, As holy people who God has chosen and loved, be sympathetic. So what does it mean to have a soft heart? Be sympathetic to one another. There's a group of us get together on a fortnightly basis. group of blokes get together on a fortnightly basis um, in, a, in a small group. And I'd encourage you, if you're looking for deep-spirited friendships, the best way to start, get involved in a small group here at Highlands. Because that's where you do life together in, in a more intimate way than just on a Sunday. There's a bunch of us guys get together and uh, we have a barbie together and have a, have a meal every second Wednesday and without breaking confidentiality and then somebody comes and brings a thought or a perspective or an idea and we just share. And last Wednesday I, I, I brought with a bit of a perspective and one of the guys in this church is, is about to get married in a couple of weeks time don't want to embarrass Terry but Terry, Terry and Georgie are about to I'm going to point them out anyway Terry and Georgie are about to get married let's encourage, let's en, let's encourage them they're going to be married in about three, three weeks time I think so what we did what we did was we said well okay hey guys most of us in this room have been married um, one of the other guys isn't but is engaged and we said so what let's talk about what we're learning not learnt necessarily still learning about marriage the good and the, t- and the challenging. And we spent the next, I don't know, three quarters of an hour just being really vulnerable and just sharing. And it was powerful that we were just a safe place for us to go, man, I learnt this. Had I ever again, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> or, or I wouldn't have done it that way. But we get to do life together. You know, and it's, it's that safe place where we just come with a soft heart to share. And Terry was going, tell me more. Let, let's keep doing this. Because I want to learn. I want to be the best husband I can be. Came with a soft heart. So we need a soft heart. <laughs> got it mate <laughs> you owe me big time free coffee after church second one <laughs> second one soft heart and a thick skin as well as having a th- soft heart we've got to have a thick skin what do I mean by that do you always take things personally if you want to be a deep spirited friend and be in a deep spirited friendship then you've got to have a bit of a thick skin because none of us are perfect do you keep account of all the ways people have hurt you in the past? Is it kind of a list? If I mention a name, can you go, yeah, well, this, 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 and this, and let me tell you about this time, let me tell you about this time. Now, I'm not belittling the pain that you've been through. I'm not. Hear me with this. I'm not belittling the pain that you've been through. But what I want to say is, to be a deep-spirited friend, we have to come with a bit of a thick skin because none of us are perfect. I'm going to let you, Steve down. Steve's going to let me down. But that's not our desire. That's not our heart. It's just... The, the rawness of the humanity of who we are. So I'm not going to read into too, too many things if, if Steve's talking about something. I'm going to take things on face value. I'm not going to take them personally. Ephesians 4.2 says, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Get this, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. So a deep-spirited friend has a soft heart, has a thick skin, is prepared to press in, is prepared to, to walk through. I remember I had to have a thick skin with, with one of my mates in Melbourne. He, I'll, I'll call him out because he knows I would call him out anyway. His name's Glenn. And um, we'd go around to their place for dinner and when Glenn got, Glenn got tired, he would get up, flick the lights off and go to bed. <laughs> now the first time he did it, I was a bit put off. But that was Glenn. You know, and, or, or, or better still, he would just start to fall asleep. His wife would say, hang on, mate, that's a bit rude. So he'd just start to sit in the corner and start to nod off. And so I could take that personally. I'm a pretty, you know, I'm an interesting person. 
don't fall asleep. But Glenn and I were mates and we, we went through, through life and actually he was one of, the, one of the two guys I used to meet with when we first started this 20 years ago. But I didn't take it personally. We laughed about it. Soft heart, thick skin. Thirdly, to be a deep-spirited friend, you need to have a long fuse. Don't have a short fuse. If you want to be a deep-spirited friend, don't be ready. Have a long fuse. Don't be, what does that mean? Don't be easily angered. See, God's friends, godly friends, friends who want to follow Jesus, are slow to become angry. Jesus says, love one another. And there's a slowness to anger, not a quickness, not a short fuse. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, we know this verse. It's, it's read at a lot of weddings. It may even be read at yours in a couple of weeks' time. I'm going to read it out. Love, what's love about? Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It has a long fuse. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now that's mentioned regularly at weddings. Can I say to you, that's a great concept of a deep-spirited friend. A deep-spirited friend lives like that. Short fuse. No, long fuse. I'm not going to blow up. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to trust the heart of the person. Even though they might have said something that hurt me, I'm not going to respond straight away. I'm going to sit down with them and let them know they hurt, but I'm going to seek their heart. I'm going to seek why that happened and what they really meant by that. See beyond the issue. See beyond the issue. So, soft heart, thick skin, long fuse. Deep-spirited friend has a short memory. Deep-spirited friend has a bad memory. You want to be bad at something? Have a bad memory. How many, how many of the men in the place are good? Because I've got a shocking memory. I don't know, is it just me? Thanks, Jay. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not the only one in the place. So don't keep score. Forgive and forget. A good memory in relationships, a good memory can be a bad thing. How many of us know when we're in, a, in the middle of a, 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 a robust conversation with people that we love the most? And we're talking about something and they'll, you know, they'll ask you about a certain thing or they'll pull you up about a certain behaviour or the way you did things. And then all of a sudden you go, yeah, well, that's what about the time when you boom, 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 boom. How many know that's not a good thing to do? We need to have a short memory, not just in our relationships with our spouses, but with our friends. A deep-spirited friend forgives and forgets. Why do we do that? Jesus has given us a great example. The Bible says God forgets our sins. So remembering and repeating past wrongs, they're going to prevent deep-spirited friendships from developing. God says, forgive as I've forgiven you. Forgive others as I have forgiven you. I, I need, I trust, I lean in. I have to have God's forgiveness in my life because I continue to fall short. And so I need to be able to forgive others in the same way. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. So we're talking about deep-spirited friends now. I'm not talking about, well, I just need to get into the world of anyone who's hurt me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you're in a deep-spirited friendship, we need to understand sometimes we need to have a short memory. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any one of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. All right, we're doing pretty well. Here's the next one. 
deep-spirited friends ask the hard questions. See, this is one of the differences between a deep-spirited friend and a, and a, and a, a surface friend. And again, I'm not saying surface. I think it's important to have friends. I've got, to be honest, I have a lot of friends. People in my world say they are really good friends. They're friends of mine. But I don't have a lot of deep-spirited friends. I'm very, very intentional about that. And people are intentional about that in my life. But they're the ones that ask the hard questions. They're the ones that we give permission to hold us accountable. In some ways, there's no healthy deep-spirited friendship without a level of healthy conflict. Let me say that again. A healthy, deep-spirited friendship means there sometimes will be an uncomfortability in that relationship because you or they may ask you a hard question that others may not get away with asking. But because you know their heart, they're going to ask you the hard question. Hey, how are you doing in your faith journey? I haven't seen you a few weeks at church. What's going on? Where are you up to? And it's for no other reason that you care so deeply for their faith journey that you ask that question. Whatever it might be, prepare to ask the hard questions. I love, this, I love this passage in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, keep each other on your toes so sin doesn't slow down your reflexes. Don't you love that? Keep each other on your toes. Ask the hard questions so that sin doesn't slow down our reflexes. And I think what, what the Hebrew writer is saying is so sin doesn't slow down our reflexes towards God and towards each other. So keep each other on our toes. Ask those tough questions of one another. With grace, with love, the way we ask it will show how much of a deep-spirited friend we are. Who's in your world that does those sorts of things? A couple more. Yes, we've got time for a couple more. The other thing that a deep-spirited friend has is someone with a gentle tongue. This flows on really well with hard questions. Someone who speaks life-giving words. How many know it can be easy to cut with words? But in a deep-spirited friendship... We speak words of life over one another. Ephesians 4.29 says, Speak only what is helpful for the building up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Deep-spirited friends won't say something to build themselves up. They'll, something, say, they'll say something to help the other person. If I'm, if I'm a deep-spirited friend, if I'm going to come with a gentle tongue, then if I wanted to say something to Steve, no matter what it was, I'm going to speak words of life over him so there's a way forward. So he would recognise the truth because so often we believe the enemy and the lies he says about who we are and who we aren't. Deep-spirited friends build one another up. Not with froth and bubble, with the truth. With gentle, a gentle tongue. Next one. Deep-spirited friends have strong arms. They have strong arms. And we're prepared to step in and carry one another in the tough times talked about Moses, Kaz shared a little bit about, about a season in our life which I didn't know she was going to share until just before the service exactly the same, it's, it's deep spirited friends have strong arms, they see, we see a need hey I'm here for you not, not only will God carry you through this but I'm here to help as well, deep spirited friends have strong arms, we have a solid trust so there's trust which is built over time, you can't demand trust you build it over time, deep spirited friendships take time, we get together and we trust one another and finally, a deep-spirited friendship is one that has a close connection. And that's built over time as well, but it's a, a deep-spirited friendship is a friendship that's real. 
that's authentic, that even if you haven't seen each other for a little while, you can go there straight away. How many of you have those friends? You haven't seen them for ages and you catch up and all of a sudden you're there. We had a friend of ours come up from Melbourne, really, really close uh, family, friends of ours, and she, and, um, she came up with, with her daughter and um, we've just known them for years and been, we are deep-spirited friends and you know, we went out that night and started chatting and just went deep straight away. Because there's this incredible trust, but there's this connection that is close. Second Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says, Trust yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Get yourselves regular checkups. How, how, do, you, how do you check up on how you're doing with your faith? Well, one great way is to ask Jesus. You know another good way? Ask someone who knows you well. Ask them. There's a good question for them. How do you think I'm going in my faith journey? And see what they, how they answer. Or see what questions they may ask you. If you get a deep spirit of friendship with someone who's checking up on you and checking in on you and you're checking in on them, not for any other purposes we want to see each other grow, you watch your relationship with them and your relationship with others and your relationship with Jesus grow. I'll give you a couple of other scriptures on this close connection. Romans 1.12 says, I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Help each other with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. Deep spirit of friendships help build faith into one another. You see, together we're stronger. We know that passage in Ecclesiastes that says, you know, a two-stranded cord is really good, but a three-stranded cord is so powerful. When you have two, and that's not just a passage around marriage either. When you have a friendship and you have God at the centre and that three-stranded cord together, there is something powerful in that deep-spirited friendship. A deep friendship that has God at the centre, encouraging, strengthening bond, a bond that comes together with one another. So, let me go through them real quick again for you. What does a deep-spirited friendship look like? It has a soft heart, you have a thick skin, you have a long fuse, you have a bad memory. I love that one. You have a hard, you ask hard questions, you use a gentle tongue, you've got strong arms, there's a solid trust and a close connection. Now, before I close, this doesn't mean we have to be perfect. All of these are what we aim for. Because none of us can tick all those boxes. I can't. If you're looking for that perfect person, don't come talking to me. None of us can tick that boxes, but that's what we aim for. I want to be someone. If Steve and I are going to go on that journey, maybe this is what we should do, maybe there's something going on here. But if we're going to go on that journey, then I want to be that for him and he wants to be that for me. But we're not perfect. But they're great things to aim for in our journey. Let me close with this story. Just so that you get the importance. I want you to get the importance really believe this morning that God, there's people in this room that are saying, I know I need this, I just don't know where to start. Do you know where you start? Just start to, start to build friendships, start to have conversations, start to invite someone out for coffee. You don't, have to, you don't even have to go there and say, oh, I want a deep spirit of friend, will you be one? Just, <laughs> you be one. <laughs> I'll, pay the, I'll pay for the coffee. <laughs> just start to build relationships and just see what God does. God will show you. He'll drop something in. This is an amazing place to build deep-spirited friendships with. Because I know most of you, and none of you are perfect, but you all want to grow in your faith. And you all want to grow together. And you all want to be, I guess, stronger and more loving and healthier tomorrow than you are today. So let me show you why this is important. 
In California, we, um, I've been over to the States quite a few times. Many of you know the story. I played a fair bit of baseball when I was younger. We had the privilege of going over a, a few times, both me before we were married and then when we took the kids over there. And we stayed in California and I was blown away by these trees called redwood trees. And these redwood trees in California are magnificent. Like they can grow up to 90 metres tall. In fact, um, the, and some of them can be over two, two and a half thousand, yeah, 25,000 Sorry, 2,500 years old. The tallest recorded redwood tree is in Santa Cruz, in the Santa Cruz Mountains. It's known as the mother of the forest, which I love. And it's 101 metres high. Can you imagine all of these trees so high? Look at them. That's some photos of some of the smaller ones um, that you would see. Can you imagine these trees just so incredibly high? And many of us know and understand that when we think about the way the way trees work and agriculture works, you would think trees that grow 100 metres high, they must have the most incredible root systems that go down so low because that's what we would understand to be. You know, tree to grow high, it's got to have a good root system. No. Redwoods have a very shallow root system. Actually, those root systems only go down between three and six metres deep. So you think, well, how do they survive? They just blow over. No, you know why? Because each of those trees, the root systems don't go down, they go wide. And the root systems from other trees intertwine. And so rather than standing alone, you see the surface and they're standing alone, but what happens is these huge trees, the root systems that just go shallow, go across and they intertwine with others. And they interlock with other root systems. And they tie in with each other. And they spread up to 30 metres wide, only three to six metres deep, but 30 metres wide. And when the storms come and when the winds blow, the, red gum, the redwoods stand strong together, interconnected by the root system where they have support and they sustain one another and they need one another to survive. Guess what? That's you and I. We are created to be like redwoods, standing strong, but under the surface. We have these relationships with Jesus first. None of these relationships get in the way of Jesus with Jesus first. But the root systems, as they intertwine, as mine intertwines, you know, with Steve and with Jim, Josiah, and as, as, as relationships intertwine, and as we encourage one another, as we stand together in the tough times, when the storms and the winds blow, and we learn from one another as men and women, and as we grow together and we allow ourselves. That's why the church is so important, you see. So when Jesus says, I made you for community, I created you for community, this is what it's about. I don't want anyone to stand alone. So whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're empowered with people or you love being on your own, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. What I am saying though is, you need, we need, I need people in our world to do life together, that our roots would be intertwined to the level that we allow it, that we might grow together support one another and be strong together. Deep, spirited friendships. It's what Jesus is calling us to. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. 
We hope to see you in person soon.